Welcome to the Eastview Baptist Church Teaching Podcast. We're in a deep dive study of the Gospel of Mark titled, The Jesus I Never Knew, where we plan to get more personal and more intimate and become more Christ-like through the lens of Scripture. We hope that you'll enjoy this teaching and share to make more readily accessible to those you love. We love you and God bless. And I pray that you do have your Bible with you. We're going to be, of course, continuing our study through the book of Mark. So as the rest of the folks are shuffling in and you're you're kind of getting your Bible out, if you will, uh, flip to Mark chapter 1. We're going to be in those last five verses, last six verses here. So Mark chapter 1. And when you have it, if you're able, if you will, just stand with us as we read the Word of God together. Mark chapter 1, picking up at verse 40. And it says, And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him, and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately, there's that word again, The leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once. And he said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and he began to talk freely about it and to spread the news. So that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places. And people were coming to Him from every quarter. Let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father God, we're just so thankful this morning, Lord, that we have the ability to open Your Scriptures together, God, to just study Your Word with one another as a family. And I pray that this morning, God, that You would teach us and guide us, Lord, And correct us, God, to show us your path, to send us more closely and intimately to you, God. And I pray that this morning we would pursue you above all things. I pray that the Holy Spirit would just come in, God, come into our hearts. God, to come into our minds, to come into our thoughts, to come into our whole, God, and just lead us closer to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You could be seated. So here at verse 40, we got a lot going on. A short passage of Scripture, it would seem. But really, what we got going on starts all the way back in the Old Testament. And our journey here, our story here, actually began at Leviticus chapter 13. Leviticus chapter 13. I'm going to show you something that would have heavily, heavily, resonated in the mind of this man that would have heavily played into the life of this man who we see here before Christ. Leviticus chapter 13, verse 45, it says, The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, Unclean 
unclean. And if that wasn't enough, verse 46, he shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease, for he is unclean. And here, as if this punishment of unclean, unclean isn't enough, as if the disease isn't enough, he shall live alone and his dwelling shall be outside the camp. And so here in Mark chapter 1, we're already a little bit into the life and the ministry of Jesus. We've seen now the first of what will end up being five miracles that really set off the Gospel of Mark. The first, we have the demons cast out back in verses 21 through 28. We have the healing of Peter's mother-in-law in verses 29 through 31. We have a mass healing in verses 32 through 39. Here we have our fourth, which is the cleansing of the leper's spots. That's verses 40 through 45. And next week we'll continue this study and we'll see the healing of a paralytic. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. But today, with this passage... At the heart of all that we do, I've got to bring you here and I've got to ask you a question. How central is the cross in your life? How central is the cross in your life? And you say, what do you mean, Pastor? I mean, how, how often do you embrace that the fact that our sin, our shame, our indignation brought upon Jesus the lashings and the punishments that placed Him at the cross. Not just that. Not to just see your sin, but to see the love of God in the flesh. That He would see your sin. He would recognize your sin. He would recognize your uncleanness. Quite literally, all of us deserve to walk around daily in every interaction to announce ourselves as unclean, to go to the outskirts of town, and to live alone. And that's the nice side of what we deserve. And we know a Jesus, we know a God in the flesh, we know our Lord and Savior who would see those sins, see those faults, and to place His hand on us. See, I, I, if you see this leper's identity and the outskirts to which he's pushed, I don't think you, 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 you may not understand that by Jesus simply reaching out and touching Him according to the customs, according to the religiosity that they're living in, Jesus would become unclean just by touching this man. And I think one of the beautiful things that we can miss, if you look at verse 40, 
The leper never has a doubt of whether or not Jesus has the ability to heal him. Let me show you something. The leper understands the power and the authority and the majesty of Jesus. Look what he says. You may have missed it if you went too fast. If you will, or if you are willing, you can make me clean. And I think a lot of us still face that same problem today. That we understand the person of Jesus. We understand the authority of Jesus. We understand what Jesus can do in other people's lives. But there's a shame, I think, on our parts. An indignation to realize that we are not perfect. We are flawed. And that we need Him. And unfortunately, the biggest thing that will keep a lot of people from seeing Jesus on the other side of the last breath is pride. A pride that says, I've got it all figured out on my own. A pride that says, if I just try, I can figure this out and I've got it. And under our own power and our own authority, we have no such result. Which again, when I brought you here into this passage, I ask you, how central is the cross in your life? And I think one of the things that we miss here is this beautiful question that I'm the product of. Maybe you're the product of. Who can be healed? Who can be healed? See, we live in a world that says your past, your reputation, the things that the world has to say about you have the authority. Have the power. Have the dominion in your life. But I serve a Jesus who says, no, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. We live in a world that attempts to rewrite the authority of Jesus. It's the reason why when the Satan, Hasatan, comes in this desert to tempt Jesus, his attempt to to trick Jesus is to lie to Jesus and to make him think he doesn't have the authority that he has. Why do you think he does that? Because he's done it with great results once before. You see, in the garden, he told the lie, he told the deception. Did God really say? Did God really say you couldn't eat that? Did God really say that He knew what was best? Did God really say that He was Lord of all? And what the Satan did in the garden was lied to us, tricked us, got to our pride to tell us that we are the Lord of our own lives. So much so, even when it comes to the reading of God's Word, A lot of times we miss miss it 
And we, we, we only read it from our own perspective. I know about a month, maybe two months ago, I asked you guys. If I were to ask you this question. Is the point in life getting yourself to heaven? A lot of us said, yeah. Right? Because it's a, it's a tunnel vision. It's a self-centric reality that we live when in fact... The goal, the point of all that we do, all that we have, is to bring heaven to earth. Why? Because I've said it this way before. This existence is the closest to heaven that some will ever see. And fortunately for for us that know Jesus as Lord and Savior, this is as close to hell as you and I ever have to see. And a leper came to him, Imploring him, begging him, pleading with him, kneeling to him. And again, when we read this story, our natural Western mind first finds two things. He's a leper. I don't know the full details, but I know that's not good, right? In our Western mind, we got to find who's he talking to. We see Jesus, but that Western mind, that Western interpretation, misses the forest for the trees. As I told you, he kneels before him. When he kneels before him, what this quite literally says is, "I submit to you because I understand your power, your authority, and your dominion." And there are far too many of us who will never bend the knee on this side of eternity. And unfortunately, when you bend the knee, it will be to offer the neck. If you've ever seen a mother dog, a mother animal with their young, you'll notice something because it's what should be natural to us. When that young knows that it needs its mother... You ever seen anybody ever seen a dog, a mother dog with puppies? What does the puppy do? It comes up and what does it do? It offers the neck. It offers submission. Naturally within it, it says, I know that I must submit to you. And you and I are hardwired in a place where we attempt to say, I refuse to submit. I refuse to give God the glory, the honor, and the respect that He deserves. And so with that in mind, I want to teach you a thing or two from the perspective of the leper. Because if truth be told, we're we're all lepers. Unclean, unclean. That should be the cry of our lips. Again, we, we, we try and ignore the fact. Remember, the first thing that Jesus said when He came into, into this, this Gospel of Mark, back in verse 15, Jesus says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the Gospel. Not get excited about this. Why? Because notice that the, 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 the command of Jesus isn't make yourself perfect and then I'll love you. 
The command of Jesus isn't do your best and then I can love you. No, the command, the love, the respect, the authority is found in Jesus. And He says quite clearly, acknowledge that you don't have it all together. Bring yourself to me at your worst, at your lowest moment. And then I'll lift you up with me. And man, when when they say that the deep cries out to the deep, in that moment, Jesus said, you'll never earn it, and yet I love you. Repent and believe. Paul the Apostle rephrases it in Romans chapter 10, and he says, confess with the mouth. And believe in the heart. That's just the Paul paraphrase of repent and believe. And so a lot of times in Scripture, if you will, you can make me clean. What you have to understand is this word clean, a lot of times in Scripture, is shared with another word that you and I hold near and dear and close to our hearts. It can be said another way. If you are willing, you can heal me. And one of our most life-changing, restorative ways that our Western eyes see it is, and if you are willing, you can save me. If you're under my voice right now, if you can hear my voice right now, He is willing He is able. And He still loves. And He still provides. All you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And in that moment, it's not some magic incantation where you said it and you believed it and your life is just magically, you do the stuff. No, 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 no. From that moment forward, your life journey becomes a commitment to doing the stuff. Your life journey becomes a commitment of falling short of God's glorious standard and Him loving you regardless. There is something beautiful in that. There is something just fitting in that. That we who were made in God's image were restored by the image of God in the flesh. By the life of God in the flesh. I don't really, I'll be honest with you, I don't like the ESV's uh, translation of this next verse right here in 41. Let me, let me read this for you in something that may uh, sound a little more familiar to you. I'm going to read Mark chapter 1. Uh, Verses 40 through 45. Let me reread this for you in the New King James translation. It says, Now a leper came to him, and again, the same word, imploring him, or begging him, or pleading with him, and kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion. Moved with compassion, 
moved with indignation. Why? Because He loves us that much. That in that moment, this man, it could seem like a challenge to some from our western eyes. If you're willing, you can make me. No, no, no. Jesus saw this as a moment of of just shared love and affection. That this man who has seen the depths, the ugliness of life, who has lived in the margins, would come to Him, the Savior of the world, and say, I know what you can do. Do you just have a second of time? Is now a good time? And maybe you're here and there's some childhood wounds you gotta, you got to deal with. Maybe you had a really busy parent. Maybe you had a parent who wasn't there. Maybe you didn't have parents at all. And so when you're used to asking this question, do you just have a moment for me? Do you just have a second for me? Your your answer is no. Because that's what the world, the flesh, the devil, that's what this side of life has told you. But I'm here to bring good news to you. We serve a Jesus. We bow in submission to a Jesus who always has time for you. Our lives find meaning in a Savior who always has time for you. It's always a good time. And he moved with compassion and he stretched out his hand. Guys, the Savior of the world defied all the expectations, defied all the the religious standards, defied it all right here. And in this moment, announces, I am God. Why? Because our uncleanliness, our our sin and our shame, it comes upon Him here and noticed something and never marred His image and never made Him unclean. Why? Because He's always willing. He's always able. He'll always take on our sin. He'll always take on our shame. And it's never too much for Him. He stretched out his hand, he touched him, and he said to him, I am willing. Today, here in this moment, in this place, there may be someone amongst you who has never had this interaction in their life. You've been in church. Maybe you've been in church your whole life. I've been there. I was 16 years old. I knew all about church. 15 years old. I was 15 years old. I knew all about church. And at 15, let's be honest, I knew everything there was to know about everything. If you have a teenager in this place, can I get an amen? Amen. Right? But all of a sudden in that moment, let me not mystify this and tell you that it's something that it's not. Because in that moment when I felt that touch, when I felt that embrace, Everything that I thought I had figured out, 
Like a rushing wind, it all became confusion in that moment. But I knew one thing. I felt one thing in my heart of hearts, and that was the love and the affection of God in the flesh. And while nothing else made sense in that moment, I knew that He was willing. And again, maybe you're sitting here today, and you say, well, people just, they think that I am saved. They think that I know Jesus, and I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to be on the other side of eternity not nailing that down. Not solidifying that. Worried about what other people think to the point that you would miss heaven. That you would miss an eternity of compassion and love with God the Father. And I know I'm a pastor, so I'm not supposed to say this, but I am. I pray that today conviction hits every one of us. All of us. In southern terms, y'all, but y'all is myself included. I pray that conviction would find us and show us our sin. Would show us our places where we need to bend the knee and say, God, I think I have this under control, but I don't. And you do. And as soon as he had spoken, as soon as he had spoken, as soon as he had said, I am willing to be cleansed, immediately the leprosy left that man. And the religiosity of the world would say, Oh, he touched him, so guess what? Now he's just ate up with leprosy. Unclean, unclean. But God in the flesh said, no, I have taken on sin. I have removed it as far as the east is from the west. I am here. I have made you clean. I'm not going to lie, y'all. I had to wrestle with this. This next little part. Verse 43, and he says, And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once. And I'm not going to lie, I got mad at the leper, y'all. Why? Because Jesus said, don't do this. And what did he do? I'm telling everybody. I pray that you would have the kind of faith that would go and, and just not worry about what anybody else had to say. And you would go and shout on a rooftop, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. But too many of us are worried what others might say. What others might think. And so I have to realize something. In this moment, in this turn of phrase, anybody ever told somebody, don't look? You said don't look, but what did you know was going to happen? Immediately, that person's going to look. Do you think it was a secret to Jesus when He said, hey, don't go tell anybody. <laughs> wink, wink. No. Jesus is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. He knew exactly what would happen. And all of a sudden in that moment when I got mad at that leper, I realized something. That was judgment inside of myself. That was pride inside of myself. 
That was arrogance inside of myself that said, oh, I know best. And I realized we have to daily put those sins down before the foot of the cross. And I was letting that baggage come right back in. And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once. Enough people in this day, in this age, in this time, in this Eastern understanding had been hurt by church. They had been hurt by religion. They had been hurt by the Pharisees. They had been hurt by the scribes, by the Sadducees, by everybody. And Jesus knew if I tell them, come meet me in the temple. Come and see this healing. Come and hear this authority. It's just another guy with the same message just repackaged in a different way. And they're not coming. But when Jesus sends this man who they had all seen on the outskirts of town, who they had all seen just ate up with disease, who every time the people saw this man, he had to pronounce to them, unclean, unclean. And he had to cover his mouth like a dog in fear that his spit may touch them. And he sends that guy back out to the same people who live on the outskirts. Those same people who live on the margins with him. And he says, don't go tell anybody. Knowing good and well that those who are sick would come for the physician. That those who were ate up with illness would come for the healing. Jesus gave him in that moment a very specific mission of cleansing, compassion, and proclamation. The same one that you and I are called to today. Your Bible says, my Bible says, our Bible says here in Romans chapter 1. You're going to know this one. Even if you don't know it, you know it, I promise. Verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of salvation to everyone. Cosmos. It's the Greek word there. Does that sound like anything you've ever heard of? All creation. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone. To all people who would believe to the Jew first and also to the Greek or the Gentile or you and me. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. Deep cries out to deep. And as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Notice something, guys. Paul didn't say, and the saved are instantly perfect. 
The righteous, the redeemed will live by faith to understand that you don't have it all figured out, that you're not perfect, but we got a Jesus who he is. We have a God in the flesh who he is. We have a Jesus, a savior that took on our sins. And that's the good news. The anointed one, the healer brought your healing. He brought my healing. And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once. And he said to him, watch this. Watch this, guys. Jesus said, don't, hey, don't tell anybody, wink, wink. But when you are going to tell anybody, this is what I need you to do first. Yeah, watch this, y'all. See that you say nothing to anyone, but when you do, go on your way, show yourself to the priests... And offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. You say, what is that? I'm not going to read this all for you. I would highly recommend you go and study it. Leviticus chapter 14 is a whole lot of things that you got to do to be clean. And Jesus says to him, in a moment, in an instant, you were clean. Go and pay the price to the priest, the religious folks. See, notice something. He wasn't just sending them to the outskirts to find those who were sick. He was sending them to the inside for those who had judged him. Those who had, had just looked down upon him when he had to say, unclean, unclean. And now those same people. See, in the South, we, we know it as a phrase called eat crow. Anybody ever had to eat some crow? Yeah, I've ate a lot of crow. I've ate a lot of stuff, if you couldn't tell. But I've ate a lot of crow. And he says to them, go and pay, just as Jesus says, pay to Caesar what is Caesar's. Go and pay the temple tax. Go and pay the ceremonial tax. Go and pay the religious law, right? But... When you don't tell everybody, you know where to find me. You see, and in that moment, just as if I told you, don't look. Oh my gosh, you should have seen how many eyes just looked right that way. It was a lot. Case in point. Notice that he says, however, he went out and began to proclaim it Freely. And to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city. But He was outside in the deserted places. And we don't know. Can He not go into the city because He's drawing such a crowd? I think that the answer is yes because if you go next week and come back and return to us, to this very place right here to study God's Word, we'll see that people are having to look inside the doorway. But I also think that He sent him with this very specific message because look where they meet in the desolate places, in the deserted places. I taught you guys a couple weeks ago this word, Aramos, in the lonely places, 
The place that Jesus went to be intimate with God in prayer. And that's where the people come and meet Him. That's where the people come and find Him. The people who are done with the system, who realize that it was never about church, that it was never about the religiosity. It was all about a Jesus that would change their lives. The same Jesus who all of the system who all of these Old Testament scrolls pointed to. And here He is. God in the flesh. The invitation is still there for you today. Do you know Him? Is He both Lord and Savior? The same question that I started you out with. I want to leave you with that question today. In this moment, we begin to shift back into a time of worship. And I've got to ask you today, how central is the cross in your life? How central is the cross in your life. Have you brought all your unclean, unclean, and laid it down for Jesus to make as white as snow? Let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father God, we're just so thankful in this moment. We're so thankful in this time, God, that You would send Your Son, Lord, that He could take on the burdens, that He could take on my sin, God, that He could carry away the thing that separated me from You that I could never do. That He could bridge a gap. That He could restore relationships that I could never restore on my own. And God, in this moment, in this time, in this place, God, I do pray, Lord, that You would come in. You would allow us to announce unclean, unclean, and reach out the hand despite despite our, our sin, despite our shame. And that You would grant a peace and a freedom and give us the ability, God, to follow You. To come and follow You. And I pray that this morning, God, if there's anybody here that doesn't know You as both Lord and Savior, that today would be the day. If there's anyone here, God, who still feels unclean, that today would be the day where they're made new. They're made fresh in You. Spotless. White as snow. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.